Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Wayne Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line, streaming live on MinorQuest.com. Don't forget about the live video feed on 710sports.com, and, of course, the venerable TheOutdoorLine.com with blogs, podcasts, and so very, very much more. Welcome to the new studio configuration with Joey sitting on my left. So I get to look at Joey over here and look at Matt over here, but it... Yeah, well, now it, I can I can see Matt and I can see you. It's it, actually it's better for me. This is Robbo's. This is Robbo's seat. I've I've slid into Robbo's seat over here. He whose name shall not be spoken. <laughs> no, uh, he's. I, I actually talked to him yesterday. He's just he basketball and his life away right now, which is so cool with those girls. Um, this is the last week of weekend of January, and you can freaking have January. Okay, I'm, I'm okay. You're over it. I'm over it, dude. It's yeah. it's been oh boy. Well, um, for me, it's, it's uh, means the end of ducks. It's yeah, now. but bittersweet. Tomorrow's the last day. Um, we got uh, you know you uh, you're gonna jump over. Um, come on over to my place today so we can load. Let's see, nets and downriggers and downrigger balls yeah. and coolers and outfit the trim. boat ready yeah, for the yeah. first. Go out I, and catch us a. I, I I am jonesing for a a fresh piece of salmon. Oh, dude, yeah. I tell you what, I I'm torn between. Um, throwing it right on the barbecue or doing that strip cold smoke program. So in an effort to drive uh, attendance in my seminars, I'm straight up bribing people on Friday, dude. <laughs> straight up. I got I, I started cold smoking. Our, our friend um, Mark Riedesel runs Barley and Seafoods. And if you've never had really, really good quality sockeye, you're, you're kind of missing out, right? And so I got a case of – Sockeye fillets from them, right? And and so then we had, you know, and frequent listeners of the show have heard of this, obviously, but but we had our friend AK Moosey from Instagram in the studio, and that's what they do is is they cold smoke, right? So I, I tell you what, I would be really interested, speaking of seminars, te- text us up, 866-979-3776, powered by Yamaha Outboards. If you guys would be interested or or would come to a smoked salmon seminar oh, at the boat I know show. they would because I now I'm 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 hot smoking and cold smoking mm-hmm. and the cold smoke texture dude it, it it's really something special but you can't do it with big thick pieces of chinook but blackmouth oh yeah but the sockeyes are stupid right so um yeah so so anyway I made a batch that's that's sweet with some extra sugar. And it's the salmon candy texture. That's yeah, just, so anyway, yeah. my first seminar Friday afternoon, I'm going to make sure everybody that shows up gets a chunk of salmon candy. So I'm straight up bribing people to, mm-hmm. to come to the seminar, which is going to be dirty downrigging tricks. And then you are doing a couple, you're doing lingcot and then halibut, how and where at uh, at noon on on February 10th. So yeah. uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit next week too. Well, and we just, we we have some dates now. For, uh, oh yes, we do. Yeah, and we're gonna we and we're gonna make later. you. Yeah, we're definitely gonna get into that later. But uh, the International Pacific Halibut Commission, we're gonna cover this in Northwest Outdoor Report. 
um, concluded their their meetings this weekend, and our dear friend Dave Johnson of Kitsap Marina, whose dulcet tones you just heard recording an ad because we were in studio doing some voice work this week, he um, he gave me the the confirmed now schedule for our halibut opportunity. Okay, now I'm gonna I'm gonna drop one highlight right now, which is really freaking cool. Is it's gonna open on April sixth for halibut. Yep, five days a week. Five days a week, and that's gonna run through. Through May, June, we get a halibut fish seven days a week in marine areas five so through cool. five through ten. Okay, so let me let's just reverse engineer this a minute here. CQ opens up for salmon on March first. Mm-hmm. It opens up for halibut on April sixth. So five days a week in CQ, you can fish for salmon and halibut on the same day. Yep, and a week after that, the Oh, and Lingcod. Lingcod, too. And Lings. Because yeah, Lings is going to be the second Saturday. When's the last time we've been able to do that? Lingcod, Lingcod Rockfish. Halibut. And Halibut. Salmon. And Salmon. And the same day. So basically, <laughs> if it bites, yeah. You get to keep you it. You probably get to, yeah, pretty much get to keep it. And let, you know, got to be, you know, clip salmon over sure. 22 inches. Yeah. Um, word on the street, uh, continuing down the path of Salmonids, just, just because... Uh, still hearing good things across the border from our from our friends. Absolutely about. So what have you heard? Because I've heard, I've heard size and number stuff with regard to the Canadian blackmouth fishery that I haven't heard in years. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've heard of some some teener fish. Yep. But just to overall a, a better grade of fish up yeah. there, and you know, uh, even on the like soft. Tide days, guys are Which still. Is, it's what you get in a winter. Yeah, sure. You know, guys are still getting their fish, having you know ten, fifteen hookups a day. We, you know, we, our buddy Larry Phillips, they slipped across um, out there on the Canadian side of Coyote, and I think they had fifteen hookups that day. Put a couple, you know, nothing. They didn't run into any teeners, but they had you know some some respectable blackmouth they put in the box. So now we're getting some preliminary indications about the Ulicon or smelt run in the in the gallons, excuse me, well, in the Columbia and, 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 some, and some tribs where we're, it's looking like we're going to get a smelt dip day. So that's pretty cool because that's indicative. You know, anytime you get a, a surge in forage fish numbers, you're going to get better survival and better size to the springers that are going to be coming up the Columbia. And, dude, those springers last year in the Columbia were well fed. So I, you know, definitely, definitely looking forward to that. So a lot of inter- a lot of, a lot of fun stuff happening this spring. That, that Sounds like there's a ton of bait too, you know, just across the banks there. You got Coyote, um, yeah. you know, Constance, and then the guys fishing actually like up by Sook and, and yeah. around in there. My uncle Ron actually, for the first time, he's going to do the Derby again up there. Oh, cool. Just cause he, he's pretty tuned into all that. You know, he's talking to guys all the time and you know, he, he heard the fishing's been really good, so he's he's going back to the derby, <laughs> the derby deal up there. Going to go to try to crush some Canadians. So, uh, and of course, let's not forget Wednesday is go time mm-hmm. here in Marine Area Ten, and and uh, the, uh, the the sea beast will be ready, and and we'll we're going to talk a little bit about that in the next segment too. Is you know some final prep here just to make just to make sure you're ready. But in the meantime. Uh, our good buddy uh, Mike Zavadloff of MikeyZsGuideService.com over on the peninsula has been running his boat down the Klawa 
and the and and uh, the stretch of the saw duck that's open. It's and it's you know you can't do the upper stretches, you can't do the upper floats. But he's going to kind of run us through um, the stretches that you can, and also you know he he runs both a raft and a drift boat, right? Mm-hmm. So he's going to kind of talk about you know when to run which and why. And, and I know anybody listening to the show probably understands that some of the lower you know, so lower flows and whatnot really lend themselves to rafts and, and, and stuff like that. And they're and they're cool and they're fun, right? But, you know, drift boats have have definitely have their place as well. So looking forward to talking to Mikey Z on that. And then this is the Mike the Mike and Mike show. Okay. Cause uh Mike Surtick, our, our good buddy from Ray Marine Electronics, who is going to present his uh, using marine electronics to target trophy fish at the Seattle Boat Show. Uh that's his seminar. He's gonna let us know about the new generation Raymarine Axe Two. He's so, crawled out of the duck blind, he's and he's going gonna to. actually talk he, about. He told me, he said, "Listen, I'm gonna wait in the truck, <laughs> okay? So we could do this. We could do the. We could do the interview, and then I'm gonna go shoot ducks because, yeah, man, you got you got today, you got tomorrow, and then the scatter gun gets gets back in the freaking closet. Whether or not you oil it and disassemble it and clean it." That's I'm gonna leave that to oh, you. Guys, I'm gonna leave that, that something to, guys do? I'm gonna leave that to you and your own personal huh. gunpowder deity yeah. to, to figure out. That. Yeah, you don't no. do that? No. no. Well that's uh, there's no need. You shoot browning. That's a waste of time. Then again on Friday, the Seattle Boat Show cracks open. None other than the president of the Northwest Marine Trade Association, George Harris, is is gonna jump on. Um and, and we're gonna walk through SeattleBoatShow.com. Seminars, the parking, how to get there. There's a number no of COVID events. Restrictions this yeah, year. no nothing, no stupidity. Open. You don't have to wear yeah. a you don't have to wear a freaking motorcycle helmet or anything or whatever. Right? I mean, you, you know? can you if could. you want. You just pack your your pockets full of full of wads of cotton or whatever. You know, yeah. No, nah, you don't have to do that crap anymore. So, uh, so he's going to jump in and talk to us about that. Um, how many boats? What the deal is? Logistics and stuff like that. And so, if you're around Seattle this week, um, you know. My my deepest sympathies, primarily, but also you're going to see boats in town staging that whole area around Occidental. Any place there's a big enough spot, park the boat. They're, the whole North parking lot. It's happening right now. Yeah, it's all. They're already starting to move in. It it is an amazing logistical challenge to get. What did you say? Seven hundred seven hundred different boats. Seven hundred. <clears throat> and and right boats. now, what they do is all the big ones. They're getting oh, yeah. all those yeah. big ones in there, right? Yeah, it, it's it, and, I, and George has referred to it as the biggest real life Jenga puzzle in, yeah. in, in in the world, which it is, man. It's 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 one of the biggest boat shows in the country, and certainly the biggest in the Pacific Northwest. And and we're we're pleased, proud, and 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 you know, privileged related to have it here in in the Seattle market as we have for for so many years. So so very cool. Looking forward to that. So yeah, text us up. Look, you know, we're always looking for new, you know, seminar topics. And stuff. If you if you would be interested next year in in a smoking salmon seminar at the boat show, and and I mean I'll I'll put it together. When I'm out and about, I I go hang out at some of the sport you know local shops, Harbor Marine, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's the one thing people ask the most the most is about your smoke. You what's no what's his recipe? What you know? I I know people would really enjoy that. Um, you know it you because you'd have to bring samples in. 
So oh, again, yeah. you're, just, you're straight up bribing you're people. Bribing you're bribing people, people to sure. attend. So I may be bribing folks to come <laughs> see my seminar too. I have some stuff, and I, I'll announce that later. But I have some some giveaways. Yeah, at, it's gonna be good. Seminar, so. so you know, they they bust their butts to to really cover you you know a, a lot of stuff and. And and I've personally I've I've never seen really a stronger set of, of, of fishing seminars that, that that George has put together this time around. All right, we got a couple things to cover here. So tell you what, we uh, what is what is your final prep for the season? How are you going to get it done? And how do you approach it? And and are you going out? For the opener on the first, we're going to cover all that and more. Load up that text to eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. That is the Reverse Shine Hotline. Brought to you by Wellcraft Duckworth Northwest Boat. It's also the text toy powered by Yamaha Outboards. We'll be right back here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Day seven ten. Seattle Sports app from the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio. This is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line. Matt Nelson behind the glass. Joey Pyburn to my left. I'm Tom Nelson. Thanks for tuning in this morning. So, look here. If you are serious about getting ready for the season, you've got to get your boat in for service. And I'll tell you why here in a minute. But basically, I don't care if you're going to Kitsap Marina or you're going to you're going to Bayside and Everett, our, our friends at Three Rivers Marine, you need to get your boat in there. Because mm-hmm. right now during boat show season – People are now aware that, okay, hey, now they're starting to think about boats, and boats are coming into the shop. Um, I just got my 300-hour Yamaha service done at, at Bayside, and and they uh, they I, I had a little kicker motor serviced for my skiff, but I did it. And sitting on top of the kicker motor was my one of my water pump impellers from one of the from you know one of my F300s on, on on the Sea Beast. And dude, that thing had its bags packed. Oh right? yeah, yeah. It was so. It's my. It was my own fault because I replaced one myself last year, and I didn't do both of them. And so then I had two water pumps on two different service intervals, which is not smart. You you want to replace those every three hundred hours, okay? Under three hundred. And now I'm looking through my service records, and I had that thing in there for closer to five hundred hours. Oh, okay. So and yeah. but. Dude, you have to have an organized approach to any boat and and to keep on top of its maintenance. And and with me, I I keep a log and I've kept a log, you know, with all of my boats. I I get a, you know, you get a book and you write stuff down. I log every oil change. I log every gallon that goes in the boat because I don't, you can't trust fuel gauges. How many people do we have to tow in? <laughs> you know, you can't. So, and, and as our friend Phil Spielsy in the Yamaha so eloquently describes it, look, look floating regular uh, fuel gauges on boats, dude, don't they don't work. The tank is trapezoidal, right, mm-hmm. because of the shape of the hull. You're using a cork to measure a fluid on a structure that's floating on another yeah. fluid it's just you boat. You get a basic idea from that fuel gauge. So you and I, we log it on the Raymarine fuel computer every time, and we reset it. And you and you and you don't go. You don't do partial fulls. You you do full. You fill it up. Fill it up. Log it, and I've, then I've never understood guys who are like, well, I put. 14 gallons in the other day and it's like why would you not just every time you go to the gas station i don't care if you you just ran your boat around the yeah. lake kokanee fishing fill your boat up every time there's two things you you are in charge of on a boat you can either you can actually manage right and that's the amount of fuel in your tanks and the amount of charge in your batteries right everything else is left on faith 
It, really. That's mm-hmm. the only two things you, you can really control. So keep your batteries up, keep your fuel filled, and, and you're ready to go. So anyway, so yeah, so this year, I mean, we went through we went through the whole boat, took everything off the boat, which is also pretty key, too. When, when you get all the tackle off the boat in the fall, and then just putts away with it over the winter, man, I, I trashed rusty hooks, chipped up. Leaders well, it's when you find all the stuff that you you've lost over, yeah, you know. You do. You, oh, yeah, I did, man. You I'm think still about, looking for a couple things. You think but. about how much stuff comes onto the boat yeah. and rarely leaves the boat throughout well, the season, yeah. you know. Well, and then you go, so what I do is I buy something that I know I'm going to need, okay, and I put it in a spot in a boat. It gets covered up with other stuff that I know I need. Oh, man, I don't have this. So you go to the tackle store. And you buy it, mm-hmm. <laughs> then what's the next thing you find on the boat is yeah. you know, that. Now you got four of them. Yeah, now you got four of them. Exactly. But so you, look, your boat is, uh, I've been on a lot of boats, and your boat is way more organized than a lot of boats I've been on. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things that I think a lot of guys go out on the water, they fish, they crab, they do their stuff, they go home, and, and then they don't spend that time in the driveway cleaning up and organizing and putting things back where they're supposed to go. And then you, you, you build up clutter. You do. Yeah. Over the season. It's, 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 it's a lot easier to, we do a lot of like back to the dock, we clean our fish and then we kind of clean up the boat and put things away and make sure every, you know, is organized. Um, Because we're going to be back on the boat the next day. If you don't do it, then, you know, you're going to have to do it when you're on the water. It's not when you want to be doing it. It cracks me up when, when, when people come on the boat. And they think, well, I'm just going to be nice, and I'm going to and I'm going to leave this for them. Yeah. <laughs> so the end of the season, you've got 57 and a half bottles of sunscreen. Okay. You've got a complete wardrobe for mm-hmm. somebody because they've let you know they accidentally leave clothes. You've got extra travel mugs, and you don't know who's any of this stuff is, man. By the end of the season, you clean the boat. But with with us, and this is what you're going to see at the Seattle Boat Show on, on on Friday and through you know the third through the 11th too, is boating as more of a lifestyle and not just a hobby. And and if it is a lifestyle, you're going to be better at it. And and the same thing with fishing. Fishing and hunting for us is not a hobby. It, it, it's our lifestyle, man. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely. It's, it, it's what we eat. It's it's what we want to do and and you know, so that's it's kinda, all we think about. Yeah, we're, you know, we're I mean, yeah, we're fundamentally fried. for the most part. Yeah, for the most part, Some, I think exactly. about other stuff. Yeah. I get hungry occasionally, yeah. but most of the time, I'm I'm planning my next sure. day. Or if I don't have to work, I'm I know okay, I I'm free this day. I'm planning to yeah. hunt or fish or do something else. And that's the difference between a lifestyle and a hobby, right? You know, and and hey, fishing as a hobby is awesome. Hunting as a hobby is, is awesome. But but some of the stuff you're st- you're seeing especially with regard to some of the influencers on Instagram too, is is the fact that you're seeing this entire lifestyle approach to this. And, you know, it, it's a wonderful thing to cast your mind upon and and just keep it on the water and keep it in the woods, right? Uh, and yeah, it's just, just kind of, you know, it's just kind of because sometimes life gets uh, a little bit north and nuts, you know, so. Sure. So anyway, get your boat in for maintenance. And if you think you're way, if you think you're way early on the curve for that, you're not. Bayside, I know for a fact, is a week out. Three Rivers Marines a couple weeks out. Talking to Dave Johnson, I know we didn't really talk to him when we saw him this week directly about it, but I know you're not rolling that thing in and getting it looked at the next. No, he said they're they're busy as heck. There that's too. what I thought too. So you know, get your boat in for service because just like I saved ourselves a, a major problem by taking it in, having the professionals do the 300 hour, 
then you write it down. You know where you're at. You're kind of starting fresh. So, so get it into a shop. Get it done. All right. Speaking of lifestyles versus hobbies, Mike Zavadlo of Mikey Z's Guide Service has been out on the peninsula since all those trees out there were teeny tiny little saplings. <laughs> Man, he knows every rock on every creek. He's going to talk to us about wild steelhead on the Olympic Peninsula next here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI Shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Welcome to the Tech Line, presented by bow-mac.com. Come to the Seattle Boat Show and see the complete line of BOMAC products at the Outdoor Emporium Sport Co. booth, conveniently located right outside the seminar theater. We'll, we'll see you there, man. It's, it's funny because you just watch, watch people just packing stuff out, man, just mm-hmm. pots and pots and pots. They don't bring a lot of downrigger balls in there. I just I don't know why. I just fill your pockets full of them. Uh, three decades of experience on the Olympic Peninsula is what this guy can claim. Mike Z's GuideService.com is a website of Mike Zavadlo. Good morning, Mike, and thanks for taking the time Good this morning, morning, buddy. How you doing? Good morning, buddy. Good morning, guys. I'm doing great. I'm about ready to go fishing. How about you guys? <laughs> I, I I was wondering if you had a, if you had a trip this morning, and I'm sure you do. Um, so what do you, here it is, man. It's that funky time, right? It, it, we're, we're watching the end of the hatchery run. Has the wild fish kind of started picking up steam a little bit? What's going on, man? Oh yeah. They've been showing up for, uh, for the last three weeks or so. Some really nice fish too. And all the rivers, uh, have a good run showing up. So even the Bogue Seal, Kalawa, uh, Ho, Saul Duck. So we got good numbers showing Nice. What so what what's working out there for you? Are you uh you running the bead program probably, the the soft bead deal? Yeah, so early on when the water was up, we we're doing, you know, more of the worms on Jake heads, eight ounce mm-hmm. Jake heads. Um, but now as the water drops, we're starting to switch more to uh, you know, this the smaller jigs and stuff and then also the beads. But you know, make a pass or two with the worm or the jig and then throw a bead in there. Or if you miss one, you know, they always love that bead. That's so cool, man. It's one of the biggest changes that we've seen in the fishery is, you know, I wouldn't, years back, I wouldn't even think of coming out there or going out anywhere on the water without sand shrimp, without eggs and stuff like that. And now with selective gear rules, pretty much the standard across everything, we've had to look for some other solutions. And, and, and those the bead fisheries now and the manufacturers that come up with these textured products that, that really, man, they, the, the steelhead get them in the mouth and, and it's not like they're crunching down on an oaky drifter or a little corky or something like well, that it's really a step forward well and and these wild fish you know they're so aggressive you know you you chuck like i've been running the the uh jig with the worm on it i was up on the river the other day and obviously i i had sand shrimp with me but that's such an effective way to fish you toss that you know jig in there you got that rubber worm and those those wild fish are just going to snatch that thing up. So my yeah, they're very very aggressive. So how has that bead program and the artificial program kind of changed the way that that you're doing business these days? Oh, it's incredible. You know, you can catch them in you know high water, low water, and it's just you know they're just just amazing. And then like you said, all the manufacturers out there producing all the different colors and sizes, all the way up to twenty, twenty three, twenty four millimeters which are like glob egg sizes so they got a, a good you know realm of different sizes and colors that will meet your needs for any water conditions so when you're targeting wild fish in particular and you know you've got your choice of techniques have you 
detected back trolling, like, you know, slamming the plugs out and backing them through the water and, and just kind of keeping something in the strike zone has produced larger fish for you overall than, than, a, than a high-speed drift fishing technique? Do you think slowing it down somewhat will provoke a strike from larger fish? Oh, you bet. Yeah, those plugs, yeah, you get in those fish, those big fish in space, and they just, you know, can't resist it. But, yeah, you just pressure them back. And, you know, a lot of times, like, you know, now a lot of our uh, regs, we can't fish out of our boat. So, you know, I'll fish beads, fish worms to a slot, and then I'll run my side planter with a big old plug through there. And, gotcha. boy, it's nice. You know, a lot of times you get those big fish to, to bite that where they wouldn't bite the worm or the bead. Yeah, for whatever reason, the plug thing, you know, um, I haven't I haven't fished plugs out there a lot, but obviously, like up on the Skagit, you just seem to catch big fish. You know, those big those big aggressive males are gonna eventually that plug in their face that you you build the wall and you back that thing down and and they're gonna smash it. Well, and 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 the cool thing is, laminar flows like you find in a pool that's coming out over the tail out, and 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 you you start you know that fish is backing up because. So, sometimes the biggest one might correct me if I'm wrong, but you'll back them down. They'll like they'll like refuse it, refuse it, refuse it, and then just as you think, okay, well, it's almost time to reel them up, and you like almost take that breath, like you're going to say, okay, reel them up, and then one of those rods just fold over, and you can tell by how that rod acts that that's not an eight pound fish. You know, now we're right, now, yeah, it's just yeah that pull when he pulls it over, it's just a very slow pull over. It's almost like you. You hook the log that's floating down the rod, just starts to go over super slow. It just pulls all the way over, and it's like, oh, hang on, boys. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna, and, then, and then you try to keep him in the pool before he dumps out over the tail out. And, you, you, yeah. sent, you sent me yeah. some pics last week, man, and, and just some beautiful, big. Yeah, monsters. Some, some really nice big hens, too, those big, fat hens, bellies full of, of eggs, going to go up there and spawn and hopefully. Uh, yeah. You know, so. So yep. where where are we right now? Um, you know, w- with regard to abundance, are, are you seeing are, are you seeing the same amount of wild fish you saw last year? Are you seeing any more this year? Are, are you encouraged? Are you cautiously optimistic? What what's your what's your feeling about where we're at and the trends out there with wild fish abundance on the Olympic Peninsula, Mike? Um, well, we started catching them. I caught a few fish early, like in December. So. Uh, yeah, they started early for us and all the way through January, you know, fishing has been good and the fish seems super healthy. I mean, thick, really thick and just beautiful fish and, and we're seeing good numbers on, on all the runs. So, you know, you get the up and the down day to day, you know, water starts dropping and clearing, but overall everybody's been doing good. All the reports I've heard from the other places. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a good season. I mean, so far it's been, it's been really good. We're talking with Mike Zavadlo this morning, MikeZsGuideService.com. And, Mike, when we were talking earlier this week, we, you know, you, you, you mentioned, okay, listen, you know, this is, I, I, t- I take a raft over here, I take my drift boat over here. So, so talk to us about these two different watercraft and how they help you ply your trade on the Olympic Peninsula rivers. Yeah, so, like, my raft I use for the, the upper sections of all the rivers, like, you know, Upper Salduck or the Kalawa where it's really rocky, but I can still access it even when the water gets low. And so I love my raft. And you can get away from people that way because the people that just have a drift boat, it's tough for them to get up there and, and fish it safely. Um, and then so like the drift boat, you know, down in the lower rivers or if the water's up, or if I'm pulling plugs, I go into my, 
you know, into my drift boat a lot, but uh, my raft is, I live in my raft just so I can get away from people and get up in those upper sections of the river and, uh, you know, stay away from some of the pressure. How many people can you take down in, in a raft? Is it two? Uh, I could take myself plus two, but I could pop my seat out and I could put uh, two more in the front. So especially like in most of the rivers that we have now, the upper sections are all out of the boat fishing. So we're just using it for transportation. Sure, so. Sure. You know, and I've got my bigger raft where I can, you know, if I need to, I can haul three or four. Um, but, yeah, and the raft is, is awesome. And, yeah, it's, you can even pull plugs out of them if, you know, if sure. you can't fish out of a boat. So, so let me get this straight. you got a drift boat, a raft, and then a big raft. I do. My big raft <laughs> I use for my, uh, my, scenic, my scenic floats in the summertime. Oh, gotcha. My OP raft, my OP raft company, yeah. So I use that when I can take, I can take five people down on my scenic floats. So, but it's, well, uh, it's there in case I need it. And who makes them? Who makes that raft? Uh, so, yeah. So the raft I fish out of mostly is uh, Air Super Duper Puma. So it's the Puma series, the biggest one, it's a 14 footer. So, and it's, yeah, it's what I live in. It's great. It handles anything I push into it and it just goes and goes and goes. And yeah, they're very durable, very strong boats, but you know, they, things happen to them. You know, you have repairs and stuff. And I got a guy, Don Martin, out of Stanwood who repairs any boat, you know, um, river craft repair. So if anybody needs a, you know, to have their raft repaired there in Stanwood, Don Martin's the guy to go to. No kidding. I didn't know that. Did you know I did, that? No, I didn't, I didn't know that either. Um, yeah. Hey, do me a yeah. favor, at, dude. When we when we get done today, text me his contact information. <laughs> okay, I will. Thank you. Yeah, because I, I wore for my <laughs> my bottom out. I wore my bottom out. I'm on, and he sprayed it with a urethane spray coating. Oh. Put six coats on, and it's like he, it's just like a bed liner for the bottom of your raft. So yeah. you can go. You can. Yeah, you won't get. You're not gonna wear it out. It's just like bulletproof. So no, it's awesome. I love my raft. With that on it, it's like four-wheel drive now. Well, and, and, you know, for years, I mean, that was absolutely the program with aluminum drift boats because, you know, when fiberglass drift boats came out, you, 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 they, they will flex and slide over rocks, but, but aluminum tend to deform a little bit and possibly even dent and stick on a rock. And so then the, 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 the it was, co- it was glove it at first. And now they, I think they call it coat it is, is a graphite epoxy, uh, coating you, you put on there and dude, I've put it, I put on a lot of different boats, but that's, do you, what do you, how do you treat the bottom of your drift boat, Mike? Uh, so on my boat, it's got uh UHMW from the factory. Oh. So I do nothing, which is the best of the best. Yes. Anybody mm. out there is going to buy a brand new drift boat. Get UHMW. Yeah, it's a thousand dollars more, but it's a lifesaver, and you won't have any headaches. So that's cutting board paper. material, essentially, that flexes and yeah. and, and they install it on yeah. the bottom of your boat, and it's actually a panel that you can replace. Well, and it's going to, yeah. you know, the key is you're going to slide over yeah. those rocks instead no of the, the stick. So, does it add much yeah. weight? Does that UHMW add? No, really? You no, because it's pretty thin. The older, the older, you know, when they did it in the beginning, they used you know really thick stuff, but no, it's just a real thin sheet. Real thin, so it just needs to to fit on the bottom because it's just yeah. They glue it on. Willie glues it on now. Or in the past, they used to weld little washers yeah, and hold it on, mm-hmm. and now it's glued on. Oh, that's 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 really cool. All right, so here we are. Goodbye January and and adios. No, no, nobody's going to miss January too much. What do you expect in February and March, given what you're seeing right now? And when's somebody going to pop a springer out there on the coast? Uh huh. So, yeah, so, yeah, steelhead are going to be just getting a little better and better throughout the season. And uh, so, you know, usually February 8th, early February, mid-February, okay. you start to hear a springer being caught either by the 
drives down low or somebody catches one up uh, in the salt duck. So, yeah, it's just uh, you just never know. It's like the the ghost. The Holy Grail, oh, <laughs> the hero. Once you catch one, <laughs> you are. Get you, 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 you grab the local paper and have your picture taken next to the local papers. Nothing you know. gets yep. folks <laughs> f- f- fired up more than like that first spring. Oh, man. Doesn't matter where it is. Yeah, there's no question about that. All right, oh, Mike yeah. Z. Hey, do you got any, do you got any openings? If folks want to jump on MikeZ'sGuideService.com and and, and yeah, get a hold of you, give me a text. Yeah, text me a message, and uh, I'm pretty booked up. But if I have any cancellations, I'll let people know. There's a contact form on his website, or you hit him at 360-640-8109, or fill out the form on MikeZsGuideService.com. He's Mike Zavadlo, and he has been on those cricks for almost three decades, man. Mike, thanks for your time. Good luck today. Go uh, go swing by the uh, by the coffee shop and get one of those big big cinnamon rolls. And S- little- send, Sounds great. Thanks, send guys. Me, Have send a good me day. some fish picks today, man. I will. Later, Mike. We'll send you. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, Mike. Thanks so much. All right, coming up next, Ray Marine Picks of the Week for the final time in January 2023 right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Ray Marine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Ray Marine, simply superior. Head over to raymarine.com, and you're going to find the all-new... Axe 2 Pro RVM, the second generation of Axiom 2 chart plotters, combines chart plotter, fish finder, radar, autopilot, and video into a powerful all-in-one fishing system. Plan your next offshore adventure and get underway confidently and more quickly with the Axiom 2 Pro Hybrid Touch. So a six-core processor. So you hit the button on, on the original Axioms. Hey, they go through a warm-up cycle. These things, it's like turning on a light right switch, away. dude. Screen redraws are that much faster. Sonar is going to be more powerful. And we're going to get our grubby little mitts on. <laughs> well, well, we'll see them at the boat show. And that's, again, going back to all the cool stuff about on the boat show is, you know, you're going to see the what the, the, the best and the newest stuff that the industry has to offer coming into season 20, 2023. I'm going to like seeing, you know, on the... On the back deck, um, you know, we have the, the, have the unit Joey's, back there. The Joey station and that, that he gets to look at with the new Rudnick table. It's all set up. And that thing gets hammered, right? So it's always we have to lock the screen because it gets wet, and then it's hard. It, it'll jump around, and yeah. you can't, you can't, you know, you try to go to a different page, and it's a little tough. The new ones... You can they've fixed that, and, so. And, and so that's called nano coating technology. Mm-hmm. Okay, and 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 so so it's called uh, Axe Two's Pro's Hydro Tough repels water for reliable touch screen control and everything, and and it's and also be easier with gloves on and more sunlight visibility, which has never been a problem with 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 Raymarine either. Is because sometimes you get screen washouts with with some brands, and then it manifests itself in narrow viewing angles. The cool thing about Raymarine is you can be over to the side of it working on something on the boat, and you can still see that screen. And it's it can get really really bad when you have polarized lenses on because then that further limits um, the, the viewing angle. So being able to keep your shades on, which man you need to do on the water, it's for fatigue and safety, eye protection, all that kind of stuff. But you know it, it's a, it's a cool new advancement, no question about it. So looking forward to seeing that. Well, we always like. New, oh yeah, fancy <laughs> stuff on the boat, right? Oh, you're. Um, so last day for waterfowl is tomorrow, wow. guys. Uh, this has not been the, the best. Like the last three weeks have Dude. just been kind of stale. Uh, well, you walk out like this 
this morning I walk out, it's foggy, it's warm. Yeah, it's not that cold. Um, we haven't had a lot of cold weather. A lot of those birds, I think, have moved north. or And the birds that are around are just kind of sitting, hanging out, not moving around, uh, pretty comfortable. So last day tomorrow, um, obviously, we just had Mike Z on. Look, the fishing out there has been pretty decent. So if you if you want to get out on the coast and do some steelheading, that's an option. Uh, Austin Mosier checked in with him yesterday, killing it over at Rufus. Um, you want to go over to Rufus and, and catch maybe a trophy rainbow and then slide out and catch some walleye. He's he's limiting the boat, walleye, rainbows. He had a young man on the boat the other day. It was his birthday. He caught a 16-and-a-half-pound triploid that thing was there. a toad. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool on his yeah. birthday. And then, you know, I saw Austin uh, posted a picture of he stole, again, he stole our... He, he stole our star. Our, our halibut yes. flower. He made a walleye flower. <laughs> I know. That, that's, that's horrible. But no, big some nice big walleye over there too. So that's that's banging right now. If you've never eaten a walleye... You you're, you're you're missing out, man. They and if you like lingcod and you like halibut, that's that's what they are. They're a very delicate, flavorful white meat. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just absolutely phenomenal. So uh, you know, de- definitely something, definitely something to. Yeah, I got my eye on the first man. Oh know, yeah, really. It's and we've been you know that boat's been on the trailer, you know, for for, for a while, and she's she's been sanded and she's been scrubbed and she's had she's got some new wire and she's got. You know, it's 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 time to get that thing wet. New new zincs, new you know, new everything. So I got uh, I got a couple pallets anchovies. Ooh. I just brought in, yeah, so yeah. we will be spinning some five and a quarter anchovies. You're going to be so proud there. of me. I tied leaders this winter. Nice, I did. I got a bunch of leaders tied. Uh, Olympia's been up to uh, to some weirdness uh, this week. Um, there's plenty of plenty of opportunity to get online and uh, you know, kind of comment on on the gun bill, of course, but also. Um, Senate Bill 5297 was re- recently introduced. It would uh, end the use of non-tribal gill nets on the main stem Columbia and put them into off-channel select areas. So this doesn't end anybody's business. What it does is pushes them off to the side channels where their 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 impact is going to be less on some upstream species that need to get up past the Snake River dams. We're talking this will save sockeyes. This will save steelhead. And and they can still, they'll target. They can kind of focus their yes. their fisheries. And and so this bill follows a $14.4 million buyback of Columbia River gillnets where 169 gillnet licenses were recently retired, right? Now, only only 14 of those had recent landings prior to the buyback. So they bought back a bunch of dead licenses. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that really didn't have a tremendous amount of effect. And then I, I don't know if you saw some of the Senate uh, testimony, but WDFW sat in front of the state senators and just got castigated because the state spent $14.4 million on this, on this gillnet buyback only to have a lot of these guys who had multiple licenses Sell them, get a bunch of money, go right across the river to Oregon and buy a license over there, and they didn't. They didn't retire them from the fishery. Yeah, right. So, so that's what um, that's what this bill actually does. It doesn't end gill netting per se, but it pushes it into safe areas where this is not conjecture. This is documented that a lot of the upriver species they stay in the pipeline and go shooting upriver by using off-channel areas. 
you're you're going to get more salmon and less of the endangered sockeye and steelhead, steelhead. because you know when I mean, we talked to Dave Grable last week and you know he's still concerned about the steelhead numbers as we are I, you know up and up and down the coast it's you know it's not just a Limerick Peninsula phenomena it's not just a you know Puget Sound drainage phenomena we're we're seeing a, a downturn the in whole steelhead west stock coast. the whole west coast from yeah. the from the Skeena down to the Sacramento you know so, which is so sad yeah, I it think is. about that Skeena system. You know, 20 years ago when I was going up there and um, just, I mean, not fair. Like no. the fishing, it was so good. It's like you just can't believe it. And now, you know, we're seeing probably some of the best steelhead rivers in the world are, you know, we're, we're losing our steelhead. Yeah, for sure. So so to help this effort out, um, you can you can go to the, go to CCA's website. You can you can comment. There's a voter voice. They just popped out that uh, you you can uh, you can comment and provide testimony in support of this off-channel uh, gillnet. Let's let's get those gillnets to the off-channel areas and and help out the Columbia. Right? You know, I mean, obviously it, it's not going to address you know what's going on outside of the Columbia River, but I, but I think it's a it's a step in the right direction. And, and, and it's and something. It, it, yeah, it's, yeah. I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. Uh, further, okay, so. Uh, not just the Seattle Boat Show this week, but also the Western Washington Sportsman Show at the Puyallup Fairgrounds, and and that starts up on on the first. Mm-hmm. Okay, lots going on up there. We've got a lot of friends that are going to be you know heading, heading into a lot of different places up there. WDFW has a booth as well, so if you're uh, you know if if you have a have a mind to uh, you know maybe mention uh, you know how how you think things are going, like I said, WDFW has a booth and and. And some of the and so it's going to be booth five forty eight, um, which and you'll be able to find it. And and the first days of the show, you know, like you know, noon to four, should probably be there noon to four or or noon to four on Thursday as well. Um, booth five forty eight at the Puyallup show, and and you know, let let WDFW you know know how you're feeling about some of these things. I also spoke to uh, Jay Holtzmiller, former uh, former commissioner, this week. Who is behind Washington W4WC.org, which mm-hmm. is the Washington Washingtonians for Wildlife Conservation? They also have a booth where you can sign up. Um, in in talking to their attorneys, they're they're bringing suit directly against uh, directly against um, the governor with regard to his choices on the Washington Wildlife Commission. That that you know he he believes in talking to his attorneys that W4WC will be given standing to make a complaint with regard to the balance of the commission and the direction of wildlife management away from sustainable harvest and public safety and towards this nutbag direction that they were going to. And, and nowhere is this more prevalent than the story we read this week with former Denver Bronco, Derek Wolf, who was legally harvested a cougar with a with a bow and arrow bow and arrow that was living under a lady's porch and killing killing dogs dogs in in the the neighborhood yes yeah and then he was attacked on social media by a bunch of anti you know hunter animal rights activists they were saying i hope a sex offender gets a hold Uh, of your kids i mean it was it was horrible and this is a that's a legal hunt that that's you know and that it was the cat was reported to the local authorities, and nothing was going on. And this this 
friend that was a neighbor of the lady who the, where the cat was living under, and her cats were freaked. They didn't want to go out, and so they they ended up chasing this. They, it was a it was an incredibly tough hunt. They chased him from five thousand feet of elevation to almost ten thousand feet of elevation, up and Find, down, up, up and, and down. down, up yeah, just wore the guy out. And he makes a great shot on a cat, and that's the response on social media to somebody that 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 augmented public safety in a neighborhood. And dude, this this thing had documented eight eating two dogs that were pets. And well, and a lot of people, these people who you know are calling into the Colorado Parks and Wildlife Department and, and complaining and um, these animal rights activists, they don't really understand what's going on out there. Yeah, they, they don't understand know. that these these large predators like this. They have to be managed just like anything else. They do. And, and you know, hey, uh, he's going to eat that cat, and he's going to have a nice trophy on his wall. Yeah. And every, yeah, every the, now like the that. neighborhood's safe, and yeah. people can let their dogs out again. And, and 200 people reported him to Colorado Fish Mile. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, we reached out to Brock Heward, and, and Brock got to hold us. We, but Derek couldn't, Derek couldn't join us. But in future shows, Derek will jump on and, and tell his story. All right. We're going to pop out of here for a quick break again. The boat show is so much fun. The seminars, the new gear. Mike Serdick, Raymarine Electronics, joining us next to run down what Raymarine has come in your direction right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the 710 Sports app.